Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to The Fizzle Show. Now here's Fizzle. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff Hellman. This is, of course, The Fizzle Show. Too many independent, cool, small businesses fail. In fact, too many never had a chance of success because the people who are best at making awesome stuff, the doodlers, the idealists, the drama people, the God Squad, the folks who care about something, they're the least likely to understand the basics of how to make something people actually want and connect other people to that thing. That's what we do here at The Fizzle Show, help creatives and independent business folks figure out how to build their thing. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about entrepreneurship, building a thriving audience, and the battle of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. Your hosts are, if we were PBS Kids Show, Barrett would be super wide. He's clean cut with a super duper computer, and he helps people figure out how to fix their story, one little step at a time. Chase, that's me, would be reading Rainbow. He's cheerful and excitable, using lots of different stories to teach a valuable lesson in every episode. Corbett would be Mr. Rogers. He's friendly and caring, has lots of sweaters, he really does, and a whole slew of puppets that love him. (laughs) I love that. Thank you, Kaylin Huntress. Corbett can pull into my station anytime, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I don't know what that means. This is the sixth in our six-part Small Business Roadmap series. Every day for six days... We've released a conversation about a brand new roadmap that we're developing for indie entrepreneurs. In this sixth stage, we explore the final question. How can we grow this business beyond ourselves and into greater impact in the world and wealth in the company? We dig into the 11 steps of scale, where the goal is to hone, discover, and experiment towards a more scalable and sustainable business. To put it simply, this stage is about shifting from clawing out growth one handful at a time to a business with one of those magical hockey stick growth charts. I want one of those. We also finish out this episode with reflections on key takeaways and what we learned in talking through this whole roadmap. If you're not already, subscribe in iTunes so you can get the next episode like a special delivery on your phone. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 105. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps, so let's get into it. Can't taste my chocolate. What we're learning here is that you can't always get what you want. Sometimes you can wake up and be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> about a possible alligators or, uh, is this thing on seven alligators <laughs> I, like, I like that actually and a possible seven <laughs> seven alligators we got us at five alligators remember <laughs> possible seven alligators I don't I'm kind of a grumpy old man is what I am I don't know. why are you talking about alligators really what is it with alligators these days Folks, you're listening to the sixth podcast that we have recorded or laid down, as they say in the music business. Lay down them tracks. We're tracking. In uh, two days. Mm -hmm. We're batting a thousand. Getting a little loopy. Getting a little giddy. Barrett, evidently, is the loopiest, goofiest of all. 
He's a loopy goopy guy, and you never want to cross his path. A loopy goopy guy, and you never want to do too bad. Well, you know you're gonna find it when you do what you can say. You can say, oh my god, you're a loopy guy today, but then you're loopy doopy guy, and you never want to cross his path. He's a loopy goopy guy, and you never want to cross his path. A little bit of behind, you never want to do too bad. Bit, 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 bit. Well, you know you're gonna find it when you do what you can say. You can say, oh my god, you're a loopy guy today, but then you loopy doopy guy, and you never want to cross his path. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Thank you. Because you could have just been like, you're an idiot. Instead, no. Instead, you said yes and. Yes. That's the first rule of podcasting with Chase is always say yes. 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 And. So on the episode today, what we're going to talk about is the final stage of six about uh, in this roadmap discussion. The roadmap of what does it look like to do this indie entrepreneur thing? Yeah, the- we're so far from like this, the, the world of, of, you know, business plans and necessarily getting investment and then like you know all this other stuff that's going on we're talking to people who who want to start up a business this is the business these are the people that we serve they're starting up businesses all the time they're quitting their jobs they're making money on the internet they're doing a bunch of crap you know what i mean so yes. we've had more experience with these people with more of these people than maybe anybody else yeah. maybe i hope so i think i i mean we certainly will have will be that that uh, be able to say that in in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is what we're making our life about. Is like, what are the what are the common elements, the trends, the the breakthroughs, the the hurdles that all these folks uh, are are dealing with? Yep. And you might not deal with all of them. You might deal with these three and some of those. So what we're this roadmap again is our attempt to say, here's how you can plan out the growth of your of your business mm. from yep. I don't have an idea all the way through our final step today, which is. Scale. So if you're just picking it up here, I would suggest maybe you go back a couple episodes. Yes. About five. Absolutely. I mean, it depends. I guess if you're at the scale stage and you don't care about what you did before, then that's fine. Uh, but for most people, the series is meant to be followed along from uh, one through six. It's a serious series about, it's a, seri- it's a series of serious series. Syrups. It's a serious syrupy. It, it's not syrupy. It's uh, it, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So remember, one of the things that we're really, really interested in from you guys here, you as a listener, you, yes, you. I'm talking exactly to you, the person who's going like, I'm sure he's not talking to me. I'm really talking to you. Please, what stage, if you had to choose one from this, would you say that you're in? And what does it feel like? Mm-hmm. What's it like? So what's it like there? Yeah. So what, like what? Where? Where are you confused? What do you wish you had? If you're in the first stage, or if you're in, uh, you know, money, the one we were just talking about, or like I'm in money, but I don't really think I did much work on the stages before. Yeah. So I kind of want to go back. Tell me about that. I want to learn about. It. If you remember the story when you went from your MVP to you, you know when you went from planning or you went from building to mo- money. Yeah. Do you remember like the moment, the story that like you're like, oh my god, I'm in a new stage. Right. Right now, I want to hear that. I would love to hear that. So, um, so. We, uh, we and well, do so in the comments. Uh, yeah, do so in the comments. Exactly. Let us know in the comments of, of this episode. So uh, we've covered five stages so far, and uh, those were clarity, connection, planning, building, and the stage we just finished up on was money. So if you made it through stage five, money, then you will have 
grown your revenue enough to support yourself. Okay. So that's where you're at right now. And entering into stage six, this stage is about scale. And the goal here is to build your business beyond yourself into something that is both scalable and sustainable. So you're going from, I'm just, you know, one guy or gal who is supporting myself, putting food on the table with this little business that I built to, I want to hire some people and I want to make a bigger impact. And I want this thing to grow beyond me so that it can live on and um, impact even more people than I can just do on my own. And, you know, uh, some people might um, be interested in this stage just for the wealth building aspects of it. Mm. To In order to grow wealth, you're going to have to build your business probably beyond one person. Yeah. There are some businesses that are very centered on one person, but usually they've grown beyond that one person. They have a whole support team and people that are helping produce products. You just happen to be the personality behind it. Yeah. So, uh, you guys ready to dive into this? I want to dive. Ready. I want to dive in without a snorkel. Okay, let's go snorkelless. And uh, there are nine steps to this, and um, this one is near and dear to our heart because we are in this stage ourselves. We are. We've grown fizzled beyond just one of us. We support a small team. We're adding, uh, you know, new people this year, more people this year, and we're really looking how to grow this thing, but. Um, there's something that happens when you're scaling a business. Yeah. You can kind of claw out a little bit of growth, which is what we've been doing. We've been clawing out some growth. We've been fighting the good fight. We've grown to nearly 2,000 um, active members currently. and um, But we're thinking to ourselves, like, when do we hit that stage where suddenly things just start to click? And month after month after month, it just the the revenue of the next month is greater than the month before and everything just feels like it's kind of at that you know you see those graphs where there's like a long lead up and then all of a sudden it, it hits an inflection point and it starts to go skyward the way to get to that is step 1 and this is considered product market fit okay how and many steps in scale there are 9 9 in in the scale stage Got 9 it. exactly so at step one, we're not achieving product market fit, but we're measuring whether or not we have product market fit. So we've grown our business to the point where we're supporting ourselves. And now the first step here is to measure whether or not we feel like we have product market fit. Now this, fit. this one, it, it's, it, it, this is a challenge because I don't know if we have enough time to really get into what product market fit is. No, I mean, we should do a quick overview, but it's fine. But, we'll it, but because for me, I've had to learn a great deal. Like I finally get it. I finally get it now. You know, because I'm looking at the graphs that, of of fizzle, you we're having all of these conversations behind uh, behind the scenes and all this other stuff. Learning like, hey, what 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 do we need to do next to to build and grow this business more? What's the next step? Mm-hmm. What are we at right now? We're constantly growing, but it's this straight line. It's not a curvy exponential or logarithmic. Well, it's line. not even straight for us. It's zigzaggy. It, it is zigzag. And I think you know if you, I I think you know if you haven't really made or gotten to product market fit if. Your growth is kind of herky jerky, and it just doesn't feel like it's consistent. And yet, though, I mean, it just feels like like. Well, let me let me define it. Okay, for keep people, going. Okay, keep going. so this is something that um, people in the Silicon Valley startup world talk about a lot, but it applies to any kind of business that's going to grow. So um, the thought leaders like Mark Andreessen and Sean Ellis and Ash Mariah and others all tend to spend a lot of time talking about product market fit. In fact, Mark Andreessen says product market fit is the only thing that matters. So to get to the point where you're supporting yourself, you have essentially proven that you have a solution fit with your audience. 
that the solution that you're offering, that the, pro- the problem that they have, your solution fits to some degree, but you haven't proven that your specific problem fits the market perfectly. Hmm. So um, one way to measure product market fit is simply Wait, by- Wait, did you say your, your specific problem fits the market perfectly? Product, your, your product, product. Product fits the market perfectly. Exactly. So sometimes you can grow just on the promise of this product, this problem is so severe that um, any solution is going to get some customers. But if it's not perfect for the entire market, then you're not going to grow like fast. So um, one way to measure it is simply by looking at your revenue month over month over month. And if you're growing like gangbusters, as Mark Andreessen said, um, your company is growing as fast as you can add servers to handle the capacity. If you're at that point, then you've probably reached product market fit. Yeah. If you're growing like gangbusters. If you're not, then you have to start to dig into um, surveying your customers and finding out whether or not you've made it. So we ran a survey recently based around something called the Net Promoter Score, mm. and we have an entire episode about this if people want to go listen to it. Yeah. But essentially, the Net Promoter I'll Score, put that in the, show notes. the Net Promoter Score, is asking how likely people are to recommend your company, and by gauging the results of that, you can kind of tell whether or not you're getting close to product market fit. Another option that um, Sean Ellis recommends is to ask people. Um, how disappointed would you be if you could no longer use blank where blank is your product? And he says that you want at least 40% of your users saying they would be very disappointed if they couldn't use your product. So that would be an interesting one for us to do. We haven't done that mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. But that's interesting because anytime there's a, a question like this where you can go compare the answers to other companies who have run it, then yeah. that gives you a little bit of an idea of whether or not you've made it. So you want some indication from your customer base that they're very happy with your product or that they would be very disappointed if they don't have it. You want some indication from your uh, revenue growth or your user growth that it's going very well month over month, it's growing. Yeah. You want those things to kind of line up to tell you that you've got and, and, and again, fit. back to the to the conversation in the previous episode, you know, when we're talking about your m- metrics, um, you know, when, what is your core metric or metrics, right? So one for us, beyond obviously revenue, and revenue growth over time, um, which is which is exactly a, a function of membership growth over the time. Those mm-hmm. are like the same thing. Then um, also, um, there's another. We have a, a one dollar trial for the first thirty days, and then we have what we call a trial activation rate. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's going from one dollar to paying your first thirty five dollars for your right. second month. You're like, this is valuable enough mm-hmm. for me. So that's a key thing for us. Also, you know, number of logins or like how long. A person typically sticks around. Now, those are all metrics that we could we could try to in, engage with and change more, like, according to the last episode, right? But, and, well, and those are coming up in in the next couple okay. of steps, actually. So, so, so this step is simply about measuring whether or not we have product market fit. We're trying to say, yeah, do we have this? And the reason is, up until you have product market fit, essentially you have a leaky bucket, meaning spending money on advertising or doing a bunch of work to get more people in the door yeah. is wasted to some degree because. You're not doing as much as you can to serve those people yeah. and retain them. And it's so, the difference between a dollar being spent on marketing is equal to five cents worth uh, that versus you get back it being versus, worth two dollars. Yes, exactly. So at this point, you can't really afford to use paid advertising effectively, or um, it depends on your situation. But yeah. in a lot of cases, you're not going to be able to do that, or it's maybe not smart to do that because there are some things you could do to change the product to get to the point where spending that dollar on marketing is going to equal five dollars or whatever right. it is. Yeah. Um, okay, so we measure product market fit, assuming that you don't have it yet, because most people don't. If you're just to the point where you're supporting yourself, yeah. likely you don't have product market fit. But this gives you another metric 
that you're aiming for. Okay. And in some ways, though, I, I, like this is a jargon word. Product market fit is a total jargon word. Right. What, 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 if we came up one level of, uh, you know, one meta level above that, we'd be talking about like, is it growing well? I almost, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, yeah. It's, it's like, is it, is it, is if you, you pull down an inch and over there something lifts, you know, 12 inches a foot or something yeah. like that? Or do you, you have leverage? Do you have leverage? Is it working? Or and, is your, is your solution optimized for your audience? Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. And I think also there, you know, you can grow without product market fit in that, mm-hmm. uh, you could do like one off marketing efforts kind of things or relaunch a product or something like that. But ideally what you'd like to see, let's say you have an ebook is let's say you do an early launch and you get a bunch of customers in the door and then you settle down to a new normal of monthly sales that you hit. Well, ideally, if you have product market fit, you should see those average monthly sales grow using your normal effort. So let's say you blog and you podcast. Those efforts should lead to a growing number of monthly customers for you without this big hype-filled machine of a launch that you do, right? And then you can always launch again if you want a big group of people in the door, but you want to see growth without those uh, Herculean, game, yeah, without those yeah. gamed. I feel yeah. I feel pretty dumb about this stuff, but what I what I sense about product market fit is, hey, you, is it is your business like really tough to grow? Does it take like a lot of yeah. effort? Right? Are you kind of burning out and right. working to the bone? Are you burning the candle at both ends and just kind of? But it's growth. Right. You got growth month over month over month. But is it like a lot of work to do that? Yeah, like more work than obviously more work than you want to do, but like. Yep. It maybe feels like a little bit something's right. off. Yep, that's a good indication that maybe you don't have what the experts call product yes. market. Now fit. the trouble is you don't always know when you have product market. Yeah, fit. and okay. so, in some ways so that's is, a unicorn. So this is this thing, this sort of nebulous thing that you're aiming for, and that's fine. But the point is, once you have it, your business starts to take off unequivocally yeah. at some point. And so if you and really want to, I mean, it's got to be that sometimes the case that like it's not even your it's not even your fault that all of a sudden the growth started happening. Well, it's like Brett Kelly is a good example that we talked about last episode. He he got product market fit. There were people who yeah. wanted to know how to use Evernote effectively yeah. for their business or personal yep. life. And that thing took off without him yeah. pushing it. He right? found a, a great market with a serious problem and there weren't a whole lot of competitors. Right. And, and also, not, but it also was extremely focused, small, uh, you know, compact. Yeah, and so definitely. teaching so, you how to use Evernote. Right? Yes, right? and so Brett doesn't have product market fit in the kind of business that's going to turn into a billion dollar right. company because it's a it's a small market. He's yeah. he's going to saturate that market pretty quickly. But you don't have to pay a lot of salaries when you're a one man team. That's exactly. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Cool. So step, step one, one: measure product market fit. Now we haven't reached product market fit. Let's say so we have to do some things to get there. Okay. And um, we already said we're not going to do a lot on the marketing side until we get to product market fit. So product first, then we worry about marketing. So on the product side, step two is going to be simply to evolve the product and to launch new features and to try to incrementally improve things so that we get closer to uh, the ideal solution for our market. So what, what was the, how did you phrase step one again? Evol- uh, step one is just measure product market. Measure product market and step two was? To measure, to evolve the product and to launch new features. Evolve the product and evolve, and launch new features. Now, uh, I mean, it's so hard because or this rip- is like a map, this is all like the biggest, most interesting stuff to me, also most complicated and difficult for where our business is at right now. Yeah. You know, the, getting into this world, um, there's a lot 
it, it's so it can be so complicated. Yeah, you know, and I feel like there's a lot to say here because it's really a rich, rich, rich territory. There's a lot of it is. There's a it, there's a ton of value in it. Yeah, and um, you know, we were talking before about this idea of getting to the place where you're supporting yourself and how you might have complementary products and services. You might be doing some coaching and have a couple of eBooks and blah blah blah. Yeah. When we're talking about getting to like true scale, where you're going to grow this thing, at some point you have to get to where you have a well-oiled machine with like probably one or two key things that are driving the lion's share of revenue. One of those things is probably going to take off. So for us, you know, we had a couple of different courses and some coaching, blah blah blah. We decided we decided to consolidate that all into Fizzle, and now we're we're trying to build Fizzle. We're trying to you know get all of our resources in a row here so that we can. Make fizzle the kind of thing that can scale on its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, you know, we have friends out there um, who have different courses, and they're doing a pretty good job of of growing. They've gotten to you know greater scale than we have right now, yeah. despite having different revenue streams. And so that is possible, um, but they'll hit some you know limitation at some point right. unless they find like one or two things. If you think about Marie Forleo, she's got this B school and that's the majority of what right. she does now. She found something that she can pour all of her effort into. Right. Um, and that seems to be and working And the thing is well. because when you have more than one, you almost end up needing a team or a person to focus on each one. So if you look at yeah. big corporations, how they end up structuring their organizations, you've got almost many corporations inside of them running entire products that are their own business unit. Yep. And so that's why we're saying in this kind of business, really you end up with one thing that's the key driver of growth yep. and revenue. Yeah, and, yeah. and to, to, to a lot of people out there, they're not thinking at all about, about like having an employee or right. maybe anything like that. And I, to those people, I would say like, yeah, just wait a little while. If you if you do start to get to a point where your your vision expands, yeah, it you will grow. You are this business that you're working on will change you. It will change yeah. how you look at the world. Will change how you look at yourself. And, and a lot of times, I, I wasn't thinking about any of this. And now I look at it as a foregone conclusion. Like, and a lot of times, like, an employee would just get in the way in the beginning. You haven't figured yeah, right. out who you are or what you're trying to do. Yeah, and, it's, it's so it's, so you what you see right now. I mean, you're, we're telling you about this stage. You're, you might not be here, so don't don't worry about this yet. Yep. Get to the get to the earlier stages and exactly. really nail those because there's there is your full time salary paid in those earlier stages, right? You know what I mean. This yep. is kind of going above and beyond, right? So if you want to, if you were in Fizzle and you wanted to take a look at a couple of people who are kind of hitting this stage, it would be people like Tom Ross mm-hmm. or Kevin Geary has a uh, some people that are working under him now. So yep. you've got some examples of that. John Corcoran just John hired Corcoran, someone. Um, yeah. yeah. So those are some just some examples. Exactly. I, w- I think Jess Lively is probably even getting close to this stage as well of kind of scaling up some of the things that she's done. Mm. So, so um, as you're evolving the product and launching new features, what you're really looking for is it depends on the kind of business you have, but you're looking for a couple of different outcomes, maybe three different outcomes. Um, one is you're looking for just greater satisfaction overall. You're looking for your net promoter scores. Or the Sean Ellis um, question that we talked about earlier, how disappointed yeah. would you be? Customer satisfaction in general. You're looking for those scores to improve markedly over time. Right. And if they do, that means you're getting closer to this right. magic product market fit. So what you're saying with that is basically that your product changes should address the things that you're hearing in, the, in those surveys. So like for, is that right? They should, but they also should improve the overall score if you do the survey right. again. Right, 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 right. You know okay. what I mean? So like for us, you know, people say, hey, it's, tough to feel like I have time to dedicate to fizzle. And so for us, we have to unpack this thing that they're telling us mm-hmm. and, uh, 
and give them ways to feel like Fizzle is worth their time investment. Right. And that can mean a hundred different things as totally. far as what we change in the product, but that's kind of what we're working on now because that's that's what this roadmap is. Exactly. Exactly. This is this is very meta for us right. because we're in this phase yeah. right now. And the roadmap is our one way of addressing uh criticism or desire that we've seen in our audience saying they want a step-by-step roadmap of what should I be doing next. And so that's what we're laying out here. Um, So as you're evolving the product, again, you're looking for improvements in customer satisfaction overall, just how happy are people. Um, The second thing you're looking for is uh, increased referrals from your customers. That's a very good sign that Mm -hmm. people are very happy with your thing if they're referring your thing. And also... Um, getting referrals from customers ends up contributing to your growth cycle. Definitely. And it kind of reduces the cost of your marketing yeah, and everything. Right. It's so like it's your important. customers are helping you grow instead of you having to do every single little thing. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. that's another thing that you'd be looking for. The third thing that's near and dear to our heart is to um, reduce the churn in your customers. Mm-hmm. If you have customers that are um, that are paying you on a monthly or subscription basis, um, you want to keep them for as long as you can. And if people are coming in, checking it out, not liking it and leaving it, that's a very bad sign. That's a sign that you haven't um, really met the need. Right. Or maybe that the need isn't of long enough duration. But right. if, you're, if you're sure that the need should be around for a while and people just aren't sticking around, then you need to get those churn numbers down. Right. Churn simply meaning, how many people do I have at the beginning of the month? How many people do I have at the end of the right. month? You know? And so uh, another way to measure that if you're not doing monthly might be like let's say we were selling all of our fizzle courses individually, maybe we would look at the percentage of customers who are repeat customers, which would yeah. be some reflection of that same would, kind of metric. Would be right? the the equivalent of like having several books for sale. Right. What are the chances that they buy another book and another book right. and another book? Which in that sense, it, it, it's different from churn, but it's similar enough for you. Give it its own name. Repeat. Cu- what is what is the repeat customer percentile? Right. Or yeah. whatever. Right. Because you would it, it would it would you would operate on it differently. Yep. But again, this is coming back to like, what is that key right, or those few exactly. key metrics yeah. for your business? Now, the other thing though is, um, even if people are just paying you one time for something, you would want to see an improvement in the usage of your product. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that um, even if, like, let's say they just bought a course and it was a one-time purchase, $97 or yeah. something, then you would want to see that they're actually going through right. the course and they're actually achieving outcomes that they're looking for. And by changing the product, you're trying to increase the number of people yeah. who are are getting through the whole thing. Right. And that's kind of a bet that if you in, increase the likelihood that the customer is going to achieve what you're trying to help them achieve through your product or course or whatever, then they're more likely to talk about you to someone else yeah. and to do that whole referral thing. And so that goes back to improve it so that the customer gets what they came for. And then they're more likely to then promote you to others. Yep. Exactly. So, um, you know, just as we've been going through these stages and they've gotten, um, longer and longer, like there's more to do at each stage. Yeah. They also get more and more difficult and fewer and fewer companies pass each of these steps. Right. So, you know, anybody can get through the first step clarity. Not anybody. A lot of people fail well, there well, too. Because the answer, the answer to it is It comes from within. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As you go down and you're trying to get to the point where I just make $1 and then I try to support myself and now we're trying to grow beyond supporting myself, yeah. trying to get to this magic point where we're growing um sort of you know on its own it starts to take off on its own so few companies are going to reach that mm. stage um and uh i've i've heard some vcs talk about like there's you know one in a thousand or something right, is going to get right. to that stage so this should be hard it mm. is hard right. because if you get to the point where you have this magic product market fit then you have a good shot at building a pretty big company 
you know, something that's going to grow and take off and you're like, whoa, all of a sudden we, yeah. you know, it's MailChimp. Right. Yeah. You know, right. wow, impressive. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, not to belittle this, but th- that step is basically figure out how to get to product market fit. Step three is achieve product market fit. Get to what is also known as traction, where you're not spinning your wheels anymore. Like every ounce of effort you put into growing the company is now going to propel the company forward. Whereas before you were putting all this effort in and you were just spinning your right. wheels. Okay, let so, me make sure I got this. So the yep. first one is just measure, d- evaluate whether you have product yep. market fit, then change things to, or try to get there. Yep. And then three is achieve it. Right. Okay, right. got it. Right. So it's almost like when you're done with number two, you're done with number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's, so. but but yep. it, it's it's a what it, it's important that they're called out separately because number two, you know, try to get to mar- product market fit. You're there for is, a while. You're there for a while, and what that means is like these are a bunch of tests, a bunch of hypotheses. Mm-hmm. You get to go like again. What I've learned from the growth hacker world is is okay. This isn't working right now, and my first okay. So me, my first reaction is I'm a failure, mm. and I'm a total piece of crap, and nobody loves me. And I'll never be good enough. And it was stupid of me to try this in the first place. Right. Oh, well, I guess I'll go look and see if the post office is hiring. Right. right. Um, that's how I understand that. And growth hacking, what I've learned about it is teaching me to go like, no, this is just a problem that needs solving. Yeah, exactly. And this is what business is, is solving problems. Right. Um, and, and so let's come up with 30 ideas mm-hmm. that could be potential solutions to this problem. Right. And then let's systemata- systematically test those things. Yep. And then, okay, so some of it might be, let's change our sort of value proposition. Uh, so there's five different versions of it. Yep. So instead of saying like, we're this, we say we're, we're, we're this and this. Or instead right. of saying, well, for us, for example, would be instead of saying like, we serve people who want to be independent small businesses, we could say, we want to help people who want to build a small Small uh, uh, passive income empire. Right. Very different feel. Yep. It's going to draw in people that are a little bit different and it's using words that are very different. Right. That's one hypothesis of 35 right. to test out. And that's just for headline and messaging type right. stuff. Then we go into like, what if it's our onboarding series? Right. Or what if it's, we ought, we say we do this and then, and then the product itself changes to right. be more like that. Right. So, and what's interesting about that is like they add up, they're cumulative, right? right. It's, it's not yep. going to be the one thing. It's yep. going to be what series of things can you do that improve your product to the point where it gets you on that trajectory you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. And so essentially, like you implement something, it works, it improves the state of your business, and then you build on that. Right. Yeah. And it just becomes a new normal of what you're, what you're up to. Exactly. The new norm. The new, new norm. norm. Okay. So that's, uh, uh, how many steps are we in right now? Three. Now, the, you there's a sort of sub step here, which is there's another pivot or persevere checkpoint at some yeah. point mm. yeah. because you're working towards Jeez, achieving. This really is turning into our old mo- our old model that we put together. Yeah, right. <laughs> so there is this um, this point at which you have to decide. Like I've been working towards product market fit and it's going okay, but we just can't get there. Right. And does that mean that? We just keep working this business because it's it's good, you yeah. know. We're paying the bills and we've got you know a handful of employees. And we're having a good time. Yeah. Um, do we just keep on it, hoping that we're going to get closer and closer to product market fit? Right. Um, or do we make some pivot because we think, man, if we just approached the problem in this way and and changed our our product to to you know serve customers in this way, yeah. we would have a better shot at getting right. to real product market fit. And again, it depends on your goal. We talked earlier about the freedom number. Um, beyond the freedom number, you know, I guess there's some other concept of how hungry are you? You know, how yeah. big a thing do you want to build? And a lot of people in the startup world are pretty damn hungry. They right. want to, they, they want the billies, not right. the millies, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's my rap lingo. 
Well, I thought they got in trouble for like lip syncing or something. The Millies and the Vanillies, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, that was a guess. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It was a bit of a callback to back in the day when there was Eluna. Do it again. Do it again. Did you oh, say was that your Fiona? Fiona. Oh. <laughs> I can't even do it. I thought it was Millie Vanilli like, for a second. He I was like, like Braveheart. I was all confused. Freedom! That scene. I can even. I Just thinking about it makes Don't me want to cry. Fiona! Donkey! <laughs> what is that fucking dragon? We're back. And we're back. All right. Coming full circle. Now, uh, let's say that you get to product market fit. Yeah. Then we're sort of into the second phase of scale, mm. right? So first part of scale is just getting to the point where we have enough traction to really scale the thing. Yep. At this point now, it's kind of like you have to change the way you're operating and all hands on deck, just pouring resources into the company to right. get it to grow and yeah. aligning them the right way. So um, the next step, I guess we're on step four, mm-hmm. um, is to transition to CEO mode. Mm. So up until this point, you've been this heroic, I'm doing the product, I'm doing the marketing, you yeah. know, um, role. And maybe you have a small team and you've all been doing that where you're all wearing, we talked about the multiple hats of the solopreneur. Mm-hmm. You have to do a lot of stuff and wear a lot of hats. But if you want to grow a company, it's a totally different mindset. Mm. Your job as CEO is no longer to be hands on in the product or hands on in the technology. I mean, it is for a while to make sure things are going well. Yeah. But eventually you have to transition to CEO mode, which means your job is to- wear a blazer, <laughs> three gold buttons on it. Uh, we're looking for striped shirts, preferably monogrammed. And play golf. Uh, but Cuff definitely, links. definitely golf. Definitely golf. Yep. Uh, and then you'll be fine. Institute some sort of like casual Friday thing because yeah. you're a cool, mm-hmm. cool boss. You know, Hipsy, yeah. that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. And again, all those rules, they go for women as well as men. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, uh, that's just how the executive yeah. stuff, yeah. you know, hands suits all the way. Yep. So in your transition to CEO mode, it, basically you're saying, okay, now, um, this thing is going to grow. That which means we're going to have a lot of employees, yeah. and so I kind of have to get out of the way, and I have to do the job of the CEO, be a leader. Move. I have to be a leader. Get now. out the way. Get out the way, lady. <laughs> get out the way, partner. Get out the way. So move, you're to, amigo. Move. So your Don't job. Stop. Your going. job is your job as CEO is essentially to set the mission of the company to have a North star that the entire company And by the way, is this is towards. a big deal. Like I, I think on Jerry Colonna's podcast, he talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the mission of the entrepreneur, the job of the three, entrepreneur is threefold. And it is to, uh, to hold the vision of the company, to make sure that the team has enough resources to get what they, what to get done, what they need to do according to the vision. And one other thing, but I, and yeah. hiring and firing, I think, you know, um, so, it, and, but like in this, in this, in this, uh, uh, company like you, like I was saying to you last, last night, I wasn't even uh, I wasn't even in my cups enough to to for that to be just like I love you, man. But you're a great CEO because oh, you hold this vision in a way that, like I, for me, the vision is typically smaller. You're always taking us further and just out outside of where we can reach now. And now Barrett's by my side. Yeah, pulling and so you along. basically, what happens is like we are just like the vision is just like so out there. And to me, it feels impossible. But to you guys, you understand this whole the finding product market fit, hypotheses of growth, all of this other stuff, like the things that we got to try. So to you, it feels a little more like a game. Whereas to me, it feels like there's no way to win. It's gonna we're gonna fail. <laughs> it's like that moment in pool where you're just like, I don't have the vision. Yeah, you know, I don't have the vision where you don't see the angles and you're just like, it's not clicking, right? So that's what, yeah. But that so that's transitioning into CEO mode. 
what 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 makes you capable of doing that uh anybody out there who builds a business to the stage is you've you've learned that stuff over time yeah and your taste has grown right you know? and and what the mission vision values thing kind of does is is it institutionalizes you and and what you set out to do to begin with right and it lets other people rally now around you're gonna that. be having like dozens of people right working on a problem for you yeah and, or and, on behalf of the company yeah. and you have all this stuff up in your head that other people don't necessarily see here or realize yep. and yeah. that's what that does for you as ceo and you basically and, are just setting the boundaries of like this is what we're all trying to achieve you're all smart so you know, make it happen. Right. Because you're not able to micromanage. Yeah. And yeah. if you do micromanage, the company's going to fail for different reasons. Right. And I have you know? to keep coming back to like, our, our, like a lot of the people in the audience, this is going to sound like crazy talk because it's like, I'm not going to be capable of building that company. Well, I knew for sure I wasn't capable of building that company either. And by all intents and purposes, we seem to be now, now I'm going like, well, it looks like we're on that path. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like my understanding of what's capable has, and what's possible has, has changed. It's changed. Yeah. It's totally time. changed. So, Totally. Continue to believe that that's not what you're going to do. And then hope, hope that you, you get put in a place where you're like, it seems like I'm actually on that path. Yeah. Because it's really exciting because life is about change and dealing with these next step, step problems. Business is about it too. Right. And there's some law of business out there that says, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that because I do think, you know, like, Hey, uh, we're, we're here in Mexico aptly right now. And there's a hundred people just hanging out like, you know, just sitting, chilling, going like, I, I have it made right now. And they're yeah. not making much money at all. Yeah. They're happy. They're satisfied. And this is, you know, this is, um, so when we talk about transition in CEO mode, it, it also applies to founders, to whatever the small team is yeah. at this point. You you all have to have the viewpoint of, we have to work ourselves out of these jobs, right? right. We have to bring people on the team who are better at this stuff than we were. Yeah. Um, and if, if you, if the founders and the CEO are still heads down, knee deep in the product, knee deep in the technology, probably you're being a bottleneck to the company. You're mm -hmm. starving the company for resources because what the company needs at this point is a vision for where we're going. And as, as you were saying, these were the other two points that I was going to make. Mm. It has to have enough smart, talented people to get the work done. Yeah. So your job is to hire the very best people and to yeah. try to put yourself out of a job whatever job you had um, in the past. And then the third thing is to manage the finances so that, mm -hmm. you know, X plus Y equals profit, you know, yes. instead of ne negative profit or, or whatever. Under, or, underwear. or, you know, if you're, if you're funded at this point to make sure that you're not running out of okay. money. Right. Um, so those so are, this transition into CEO mode yep. is just kind of like a, Hey, guess what? You're in, you're swimming, swimming with some big fishes now and you're the leader of the vessel. Like yeah. kinda, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, I think you also have a, you have other important things to to think about here. A lot of um, founder CEOs have this pivotal thing they have to have a conversation with themselves about, mm -hmm. which is, am I the right person for this job? Now that the company's you know beyond three or ten yeah. people or whatever, yeah. if we're going to go from ten to hundred people, do I have it in me to do that? And so you have to make that decision. And likewise, the founders in the company have to say the same thing: Am I going to? Um, take over as maybe head of product, and that's what I'm going to do within this company. Or am I going to be the the vice president over this area? And my job is like the CEO to set the vision for this, you know, for marketing or whatever, mm -hmm. and to hire people that are better at it than I am. And so everybody kind of has these decisions to make, and you got to make sure that people are up for it. And a lot of times, yeah. um, people, you know, the the trouble with titles in startups is, you know, you can say somebody's a chief marketing officer. But then you get to this point where, okay, we really need a chief marketing officer. Before, what we needed was a guy who could do everything. Mm -hmm. And now we need a CMO, CMO whose job is basically to hire and set the vision and do right. all this other stuff. Yeah. Just like as founder CEO, you can call yourself CEO, but maybe you know at a certain scale, yeah. you're not capable of it. Yeah. So right. 
Transition to CEO mode. Okay, next. Um, step five. You have to decide again at this point. You've just reached product market fit. And this is a really exciting time because all of a sudden the graph has changed and you're starting to grow like gangbusters. You should decide again. Are we going to continue to bootstrap or should we raise money? Mm. Or if we had raised money before, it's probably time to raise money again. So you right. need to think about finances. If you're doing great from a revenue perspective, it's fine. You know, Continue to bootstrap if you want. But um, if you hit product market fit, that's a magical thing. And investors are probably going to give you some pretty good terms, mm-hmm. especially if you've been bootstrapped up to that point. Yeah. You've got a really good chip in your hand um, that you can cash in if you want to. Yeah. You also have to think about you know competitors and making sure that you're uh, gaining enough market share to, to stay um, ahead of your competitors. Okay, so that was step five. Um, mm-hmm. Decide again if you're going to continue to bootstrap or raise money or raise more money. And the kinds of things that you would do with that money, uh, principally hiring? Yep. Probably. Use your CEO powers. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and, the, and hire is, people, they do new jobs and all that kind of thing. Are you yeah. about to get into that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, cool. So the, the next step is to create and execute your hiring plan. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really you have to look around the organization and say, where are the, the critical needs here? Now you're starting to look, you know, it's like, we've got this well-oiled machine, but things get out of balance once in a while. It's like products really good now, but marketing is super deficient, right. you know, or, or customer support is now out exactly. of control. Exactly. And, yep. and so you're, you're looking for where the bottlenecks are and things are growing and oftentimes fast. Oftentimes those things are right in front of you. You don't have to look very hard for it. Right. Yeah. Right. Those things are like biting your arse because like, you're like, one of you, like Barrett over here is like spending, you know, nine hours a day doing customer support email. Yeah. And it's, right? like, and oh, it's man. like, you know what? Like, waited, this is going to burn this kid out. Yeah. And right? we waited too long, you know? And yeah. so you got to try to anticipate those things, get a good feel from your, you know, hopefully what you're doing as CEO is you have some people in charge of these key, cus- these key areas in your business. Like for us, marketing, product, customer support, those are like the, the main areas yep. for us. And so you have people that are in charge of that and they're telling you, like, look, man, uh, you know, we need some more resources on the ground here because it's getting ugly in customer support or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and you want those heads of each department to be defining the metrics that matter to their area so that they can be seeing into the crystal ball about how things are going. Yep. So you're kind of walking around with this oil can, seeing where the squeaks are and, you know, applying a little of your, yep. your yeah. hiring grease to, right. to fix the problems. And to go back to your point, you know, you, you, it's kind of a, when you either raise money or not, you do have to make this decision about what's your spend strategy for the, for the capital coming in. Cause it's either coming from customers or it's coming from investors, yeah. which means you have to do something with that money. It's yeah. either invest it back or distribute it to owners or whatever. So there is a strategy to there's X number of dollars coming in from somewhere and we need to spend that or distribute it. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yep, exactly. All right. So, oh, okay. Uh, we've got two are, more. We've got two more. Two, so two more. Yep. So that was five. That was, that was six. six. That was six. Yep. Okay, okay, got it. All right, two more. Um, so step seven is to adjust your business model where needed. So you've gotten to product market fit. Um, you're executing your hiring plan, but your business model might not be optimal. So the the problem is solving, or the the solution is solving a problem really well. People love it. They're paying for it. But now we need they're to telling think, their friends about it. They're telling their the, friends the, about the, the marketing that you're putting in front of them, the advertising you're putting in front of them. They're looking like, yeah, I want that. They're clicking and they're buying it. Right? It's just working. All of this stuff is yeah. clicking. Now we need to think about, are we getting the maximum dollar that we should be for this solution that we're offering? Mm. Are there other things that we could be offering our customers to increase the customer lifetime value? Um, what's our business model and how could we complement that to really just ring out you know, right. more, more revenue, more profit from each customer right. that's coming in the door? So yeah. when, when, if we go back to the business archetypes thing, and, and we talked about in that episode and in the exercise we had people do that, eventually your business might embody more than one of these things. You might mm-hmm. have more than one 
uh, revenue or business model. And this is kind of what we're saying here is now's a good chance to evaluate whether you might add a different kind, tack something else onto the business to increase the amount of money you're making from customers or to bring in new customers mm-hmm. you're not currently landing. Yep. Yeah, and we and even during this conversation in the um in the last stage when we were talking about getting to uh, money to where you're supporting yourself, we talked about adapting and iterating and complementing your products mm-hmm. and services. Right. So you're yep. doing Same what thing. you can to get there, you know, to to get you over that hump. But then you need to do it again later. Right. Now that we've got yeah, I'm sure everybody can hear sense this listener, sense the difference in what your activities are now versus what they were like to build yeah. to to just any kind of traction. Right. Right. When you're thinking about running a business or building a business, all you can see is the first one, is the getting to traction part. Right. Right. That's all. And then now now you're 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 kind of now you could either just kind of like live there and kind of go like, "Hey, this is a pretty, this is pretty good." Mm-hmm. And the the challenge with it is, com- competition can come in. You get stagnant and stale. You know, things like that start to happen if you don't get into the scale role, which isn't just like I want more money. I want to take more money from these people. I want to find more money to take more, take, find more people to take more money from. It's okay. Does this vision? Does this company? Does what this company does? It does it. It, does it deserve to exist in the way in its full glory? Yeah, kind of. Do you know what I mean? Well, and also, I mean, it could be about reducing costs too. Your your business model right now might be costing you too much per customer, you know. And so yeah. there there are other aspects to it, but really, it's just about looking at your business model. What are the ways in which we're making money, and how should we be adjusting those? We know right. the product's good. We know that it solves a serious problem. But what should we do to change the model, not yeah. the product, yeah, yeah. but the model? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not talking about just this step. I'm talking about like all of this yeah. whole stage. Oh yeah, of just like it's a completely different beast now. Totally, because you've got you kind of like now you've gotten your initial traction. Initial traction means you're you've got your freedom number and you're paying for yourself. You this was your original goal. Like this was like you're like now what? Yeah, like, ideal I've already, scenario. I've already solved. Front, I've already yeah. like I've, this was this was my goal. So like now the question is like. Do, do you want to take it further? Right. And how do we serve the vision, the original vision, in taking right. it further? Um, and because I mean, in some ways, I hear what you're talking about, and I'm just like, oh, great. So now you made another Exxon. You know, you're, we're, we're on our way to, to being another, you know, no, but Campbell's, I mean, you know, but, but you another, could be making a, mail, a MailChimp or a base exactly. Camp, so know? that's the thing. That's 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 what I'm trying to reinject into this. Yeah. The idea of like, what, what are we doing here? We're not just we're not just making money to make money. We're not just getting it bigger to get bigger. Right. We're getting it bigger because we want to build more wells in Africa. Yeah, we're getting it bigger yeah. because yeah. The, the the global problem isn't solved. Yet. We're not. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we could be talking There's, about Patagonia or Charity exactly. Water or something. There's all here. kinds of yeah. cool ethos stuff you can start having conversations around here as far as like what your business is doing to serve the world and your customers. And, and blah, I mean, blah, when blah, you're, and, you know, when you're three people like us, like before product market fit, you can't really afford to do squat. Exactly. No. You know, there's so yeah. many things we wish you could do, and we just don't have the money or resources. And to for do me, it. really, the fun part is in where we are, like, like in like figuring out, like, how do we put this together yeah. in a way that makes sense, and right. would anybody buy? And oh my god. God, they bought, right. yeah. You know, what I mean? oh, they keep buying. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, wait, but they keep going away. Yeah. Oh, with that, we could keep them around. You know, yeah. oh, maybe we'll make this. A, it's like all of that's really fun, and it's like a dance. Mm-hmm. And most of, I, I think, mean, I think we could spend our whole lives dancing, and probably find a lot of other ways, worse ways to spend our life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, in, in some ways, the dance never stops, right? The, and and the question is, like, you know, through all of this scale stuff, again, I, as that as you're in that CEO role, what is the vision you're taking us towards? Mm-hmm. 
And hopefully you have a good answer to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for us, we exist to serve that independent entrepreneur because it's like the self-employment, the autonomy, the independence, the creativity. We stand for these things. Yeah. This is the meta layer above all of the like intricacies of our business. Mm-hmm. It's it's about like it just We feels, just wish there were a lot of cool companies out there. We yeah. just want people to enjoy what they do for Yeah, a exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't want to have to buy from stupid companies. Exactly. That have been made over the last hundred years. That that like they're they're just they're just behemoths for the sake of behemoths when like, hey, look at this. It's an artisanal uh, uh, it's an artisanal potato chip and it's super good made in coconut oil with sea salt. And uh, I'm thinking, I wish I knew it's like Johnson something or other and it's delicious. And uh, I hope they get the product market fed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the next step and then we have to decide, I guess, what the last step is. I, I don't really have a capstone for this right, you know, like, right. what, yeah. but, well, it should just but be we're like, not quite there yet pop, not, popping bottles win not, yeah, <laughs> yeah popping win. Chris winning uh, <laughs> that's it <laughs> so the Moe next Chandon <laughs> don't want to make a celebration Moe's Chandon <laughs> So uh, the next step, step eight, is to hone your customer acquisition channels. So mm. we've been talking about product, 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 product stuff. And now all that is working. Our business model is ironed out. So now it's time to just really turn on the gas in marketing mm-hmm. and start figuring out what really works for marketing right. and to um, to hone those channels to figure out the ones that work right. and to start to pour a lot of resources into them. So you see somebody like Squarespace or MailChimp, they figured out that podcasting for them is a really great customer acquisition channel. And yep. they're just spending a lot of money on sponsorships. And again, that, that's, that lasts for a season, right? Right. That, these channels, like in some ways, like like who are the who are the brands that are going out and reaching out to people who are using Snapchat, like big people or I'm thinking of YouTube. There's these huge YouTube channels. And remember when Miranda Sings is this great one, Jerry Seinfeld goes on Miranda Sings right. YouTube channel right. and then she comes on comedians and cars getting coffee. Right. Right. And so who is the marketing? Well, and Acura kid? is sponsoring comedians and, and yes. cars getting coffee. So who's the marketing kid who's like, do you know about YouTube? Right. Or do you know about Snapchat? Right. Or do you know about Vine? Right. Or do you know about, yeah. like, <laughs> right. do you know what I mean? And that kid knows like, oh my God, these artists are doing this great stuff yep. on Instagram. And then who's the smart company yep. that goes like, I'm going to do a collaboration who ruins with, it. with her. <laughs> Right, it basically ruins it yeah. because because some of the marketing ruins everything. some of the challenge for me in this is like things that get big start to suck. Yeah, no, right? you know, we're talking about things getting big, and then now we're going to partner with with some some great artists and Instagram they, to get people to buy more Doritos or they, something. They kind of do, but at the same time, like marketing can be done well. It's just there's a lot of lazy people. Yeah, out there. a lot of lazy people. Yeah, a lot of lazy yeah. people who do shitty work. And Organic Valley can come out with the Save the Bros campaign, and you're like, yes, yeah. I appreciate that. Yep. As a piece of art, I like that yeah. video. Yeah. Even though it's a commercial. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and anyway, we, we hope for you that as you're scaling your company, you're able to, but to no, but hone spe- your customer acquisition channels in yeah. the so way specifically that- to these customer acquisition yeah. channels. Yeah. I mean, you can watch a guy like I'm watching a guy like Gary Vee right now and how he experiments and explores with all the mediums. Right. And how he's got a team of like, imagine you walk in the room and there's seven of these, uh, these smart young folks. He's like, okay, what are the social networks? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do we do on Snapchat? What, what is Snapchat? What is it? What is it actually for? What does it do? And then they're thinking about what can we do on this? Cause yeah. that's their job in the way that our job is blogging and podcasting basically and building yep. an audience and teaching people how to do that same thing. Yep. If we boiled it all down. Um, we're, we're sitting around asking those questions. He's sitting around saying, like, on the behalf of Ford and GE, yep. what's Snapchat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I mean? got all the young whippersnappers and on his staff. So a lot of times you might not be be able to do. I mean, he's he's a media agency. That's a, that's an advertising agency, right. basically, right? So, um, 
but the, the point the point being that you will have these acquisition channels and and turning pro on them you you it matters you, you now have some resources and maybe a a great hire or a few hires yep. to say like I need the brightest I need the brightest lady in on this thing because this someone's got to be smarter than me about this yeah yeah you and know? I, you know for me my greatest ambition at this stage of helping companies is is number one for us to be one of those big ones that doesn't suck right primarily and then secondarily that each one of our customers will take some small part of that not sucking that we do mm-hmm. and apply that to their own business and say, you know, I kind of like that aspect of how they do things. Yeah. And maybe some channels aren't the right ones just because they make money. Right. Or maybe some strategies aren't the right ones yeah. just because they make money. Yeah. And you make these, you make a few less compromises that feel so icky just because of where you learn this stuff and how you came up and yeah. out. Yep. It's true. All right. Now, obviously, uh, scale is a never ending thing because right. we're talking about Apple. You know, would, who's the company that's going to be worth a trillion dollars first? You know, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe it'll be Apple, it you is, know, or maybe get, it'll be guess what stage they're in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're in scale. So this, this goes on and on and on. Um, at some point, it's likely that you'll release more products. You know, you won't be able to just scale yep. one product. If right. you become a conglomerate, you're going to have, and you might have different business units. Apple's doing, going through all of these stages totally. on watches right now. Yeah. Right. Or think kind about of. IBM. They do consulting and they build mainframe computers and it's right. like crazy, right? Yeah. You have all these things. So whatever. That's not our deal. Whatever. Good for you. Um, and, uh, we wish you well. But once you've gotten to that stage, uh, you're going to be looking for, you know, Jack Welsh to coach you or something. Yeah, exactly. I would yeah. So, um, hone customer acquisition channels, then, um, right off into the sunset yep. and scale your business. Um, the last, the last, uh, step, I guess, is winning or yeah. not sucking. Ha- hashtag winning. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag winning. So the next, yeah. The ne- next step is to me. Yeah. I, I guess for it, it, first of all, it's, it's a celebration. It's a celebration. Realize that you have a, a lifetime of work ahead of you. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And you've done something that so few companies yeah. ever. Yeah, and and, uh, and and good on you because really you could have been sitting on your arse, you know, uh, watching all of House of Cards uh, and getting really good at making references uh, to lines in the wire, or uh, but instead you 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 did this. I prefer this. to do both. Yeah, I, I, and that's 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 why that's why we're building a lifestyle business so that we can make a um, a living off of quoting Big Lebowski. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know? I, I might suggest that the last step is 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 you've got this well oiled machine, and now your job is to make it sustainable for your people working for mm-hmm. you for yeah. for the world that's maybe or, or whatever. You know, do some good while you've got yeah. all that power underneath you. Yeah, that would be my wish. Would be hey, do something with yourself now that you did all all of this work to get to where you are. Don't just be another thing that's destroying everything around yep. you. Be yep. good for your people. Be good for your owners. Be good for for the your community. Yeah, it a, we could all we could all like give a big high five and say yeah yeah yeah. But uh, it, it, because because that's a, that's the kind of thing that we all want these folks to build, right? You know, and that's what we want to build ourselves. But the truth is that will be in it. Some people are going to be here, and they're going to be way too high strung to even have like. Well, I don't have time for sustainability. Right. Don't you see what's going on here? Right. You know what I got to do now? Yeah. I got to get my profit up. You know, it's like yeah. ah, fifty percent. Totally. Ah, I need another percent. Right. You know, and so some it just people are have such different drivers and engines, and that won't appeal to some. And yep. and then some some cute some some smart person in that company is going to learn how to like take money to, towards these like compassionate mm. uh, initiatives in the company, and it's like that'll that'll hopefully bubble up from the inside mm-hmm. um too but but yeah i like the idea on on like i mean really yeah like you're popping bottles and you're celebrating because you do have now a lifetime of work uh, ahead of you or ahead of this company right you've created a ship and it can sail somewhere mm-hmm. right 
And so keep the keep the crew happy. Yeah. Uh, keep yourself happy. Yep. A lot of I mean, think about all the stages you had to go through to do this. Um. Now let me, let's let's like maybe spend a little time talking about like considering the whole thing. Yeah. And and just one second. So yeah. just to some wrap up scale and to summarize scale. Yeah. So essentially, what we're saying is focus on the product and the market fit first. Mm-hmm. So. Work on the product. Yeah. Okay. Once you've done that, you have to change. Once you've achieved that, you have to change your mindset to now we're growing this thing instead of I'm, you know, me and my small team are personally pushing the ball up the hill. Now we're trying to convince other people to help us push mm-hmm. the ball up the hill. Once you've done that, um, then it's time to hone your customer acquisition channels, tune your business model, and then you're off to the races, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So thinking about the big picture. So we're, we're on the to scale, thing. but just. Five episodes ago, six episodes ago, we were talking about clarity. Clarity. And just and just getting to that place where you feel like you understand how a business is built and who you're going to serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who? What t- golfers? Okay, golf. What kind of golfers? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so considering this whole thing, yeah. I don't know, what, what, what realizations have come out of, of, of this if, for you guys? Thinking well, I, about the whole thing. I mentioned this, we were, uh, we were walking back from lunch today and I mentioned that I, I think it gives us a pretty clear picture of, of what space each of our work products occupies in this whole deal. Yeah. You know, you so mean you, within Fizzle. Yeah. Within yeah. Fizzle, just yeah. for us even, you know, yeah. you make a course and it's like, oh, this, this is for these people at yeah. this stage. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that feeling that you get that there's a bigger picture in mind yeah. and you can start filling in little pieces of mm-hmm. it along the way. That feels good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, it, it, I, I sort of, it's always, it, it's hard for me. It's both liberating and challenging because for part of me goes like, well, the fun part is all obviously all in the idea and then the creation and then the early stages of just like minor traction. Cause once that, once you're done with that, you, you will wake up one morning and realize you have a job. Right. You know, and it's like, okay, so eh, eh, what what does that mean now? You know, you, you know what I mean? Just like, and because everything, you, this was a passion. Right. This was like, I was going to be my passion thing. I know. And, and then now it's a job. Like That's if I don't write a blog post, my traffic goes down. What do you mean? Yep. You know what I mean? Do, is this a manual labor job? You know, and... And the truth is, it is and it isn't, right? Especially, that's the beauty of, of internet. We're not talking about the internet. We're talking about being able to connect with other people and, and deliver to them something that, that solves their problem that they're willing to pay for, mm. yep. right? So, so beyond the idea of disruption and of this, that, and the other, okay, what we have is a, is a village now where we can talk to anybody who has, who's also a skateboarder mm. because there's only one place to skateboard in their little town. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so now we, but except for there being like eight, you know, eight kids, it, there's, there's 88 million kids or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, who, who fit this demographic, mm. who have the same interest as you, who you speak that culture, you know it just as well as any of them. And you know that this is the good band and that's the bad man. And that guy used to be cool. And now he's a head or whatever. Uh, all of these things. This is what we're talking. I don't know where, where am I going. It's a great question. <laughs> Corbett has this great way of looking at me and going, "Yeah, and and." Uh, but because <laughs> I just got excited about skateboarding for some reason, yeah. like I literally was like in my head, I was like, "Let's go skateboard." Um, <laughs> and like, let's find a kid who's starting a skateboard business. That's amazing. But the, the point being, like that early joy, creativity. I'm always thinking of the creatives because I, I can't not like the the people who are looking to like say, who am I and what am I here for? My work sort of defines me for better or worse. I wish it didn't so much, but, but like the, the joy of discovering myself and my audience through the works of our hands is, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then just know that it will become 
a, a little bit of a labor and how much love is in there is up to you. Right. And, and why in the audience stuff, we're always asking like in your topic, remember when you were talking about topic and, and clarity, who would the people be that you serve? And do you like them? Yeah. Do you feel question. for their struggles? Mm. That's the one thing that it, whenever I get burnt out and fizzle, whenever I feel like, what are we doing on this for? I can think about Julia and Chris and Darlene and Tom and Andy and Steve and all of these folks that I, I know their stories and I see where mm-hmm. they are and they're so much closer than they think they are. Right, right. And, and they don't know it. Right. And I can't convince them of it and I also can't solve their problem. Right. And I just hope that they're brave enough to keep right. going. Yeah. Right? That is... That is why that so staying close to the audience is the thing that um, that really drives me still yeah, yeah. to this day. The other thing I'll say about this whole this whole roadmap is number one, Corbett knocked it out of the park putting this first draft yeah. together. This um, is, you guys should know this is a first draft, and we hadn't talked about this beforehand. And uh, and Corbett, uh, I, I I really like it. And number Good. two is I love the idea that a fizzler could sit in front of this thing and say, "Oh, I'm here." Mm. Yeah. That's so much more clear to me. I get what's yeah. coming down the pike, and and I don't fully understand all of that. Yeah, yet. but I don't need to know that. Oh someday. man, and I really love the idea of of someone who's like got a blog up for a year and just kind of fiddling around nights and weekends, hearing everything all through this, mm-hmm. and realizing like, okay, there's a lot more hypothesis right. and and thesis and testing right. than I thought there was, and I hope that that infiltrates the way that they think about things, even if you're like a fabulous, you know, artist, like vivid, cr- uh, creative type, uh, you know, iconoclastic. No, I'm not going to test anything. I'm just going to put it out there because it's the truth. And that's what I do. You know, uh, like even if it's that, like just knowing that yeah. so you can pay attention yep. to like how this game is played because it's a, it is a game, right? You don't have to, you're not gaming people, but this is a game, right? Because people, when they're, when you look at their behaviors and herds, there's, predictability mm-hmm. to it do you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah like and I, I that's a little bit offensive to me but now we work with such big numbers that it's just like i can see that yeah, yeah. i can see that right now. i wanted to connect with you about this word instead of that word yep but you all seem to love that word so much more yeah you know yeah um i'm excited about the roadmap i feel like uh this is pretty solid for a first draft i'm really excited to get people's feedback though yeah and um i have some ideas of places that this is going to get tweaked um, so this isn't set in stone. We decided to record this, you know, as a first draft, and um, people are he- seeing the sausage being made, which is what this podcast is for. Yeah. Right. So if, the, um, if it that explains the smell, you yeah, know, the yeah. smell. So you know, if you join Fizzle um, and this isn't there yet, know that we're working on it. If you join it in a few months and the roadmap looks different than what you just heard, it's because we were tweaking it and actively trying to improve this thing um, based on hopefully. Some feedback that we're going to get from you That's guys right. on this, and episode. then based on working with people through it, and, yeah, right. and finding out you know how well it actually works with people. This is the kind of thing that that we've worked on informally. We haven't written it out like this, but when we've coached people one on one, or when we talk with fizzlers and, and they ask us what to do next, we send them to resources right. to help them get through steps and stages that we know intuitively. Yeah. This is our first attempt to put it out there so that it's really quantifiable. And again, this is like Barrett was talking earlier. It's our job um, as CEO or as leaders of a company to um, put our vision out there so that others can do the work in alignment with what we want. Now, because Fizzle is so big, we can't possibly interact with everybody one-on-one. Our job is to put our vision, our ability to coach people into a form that can serve many. All yeah, at as once. we're talking, I'm almost thinking like, you know what this sounds like? This sounds like a productized I- incubator mm-hmm. for startups. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes, yeah, um, agree. 
so what I want, what I really want from you listeners is because these two guys want to grow a company and I just want to serve people. So talking to you specifically, uh, I want to hear, I want to hear where you are. Uh, what stage are you in? So the big ones are stage. Those are the big buckets. And inside the stage, there's steps. Um, and if you can think about it, like which step, can you identify which step you're probably on? And there's probably going to be like, you, you've done a lot of this and some of that, but not enough, but you're further on down here. Um, and as you think about that, when you look at what the next pot, what would you say is the next step for you? Yep. And how does that feel? Does it feel like, okay, I'm excited and I want to discover what that is? Mm-hmm. Or does it feel like, that sounds tedious and scary and yeah. like it's going to take a lot of time does it feel and icky? I'm resisting it? Does it feel icky? But but do you find yourself easily in one of these things? What's that like? Mm-hmm. Like that stage? Yeah. I yeah. want to know what the emotions are yeah. there. You or know what I mean? If it's unclear, where what are you confused about? Yeah, you know, which totally. Which... Two, or do you think are maybe where you could be? Or, or yeah. what yep. have you heard just in general uh, through this whole thing? What are your big takeaways? Basically, anything that you is a response in your mind to this whole six-part series on this these stages, give us that. Yep. Because mm-hmm. that's what we're going to take and adapt this thing around is how you respond and then how people actually move through it when yeah. we test it. Yeah, because I want to tweak this language so that it really feels comfortable mm-hmm. to you. I want to make any changes based on, on your feedback because because we're this is our this is our MVP. This is our shot in the it dark uh, based on, you know, <laughs> hundreds of hours of working with small businesses mm-hmm. and understanding this the the things that they've gone through. Thousands so, and thousands. All right, uh, we did it, guys. We done it. Oh man, we did. That was a a marathon. Woo. That was a marathon. Yeah, I hope, I hope people enjoyed it. I I do too. That was a marathon, but I don't think I'm going to lose any toenails. Good. But that's I like know, I did. I did. It wasn't even a joke. That, I just wanted to move straight on. Yeah. Is that going to be one of your quotes? We had a possible seven-seven alligators. You gonna get on it? Gonna make gonna make a bit of road map. Road map to where? I don't know where I am. There ain't no there ain't no very much good roads. You know what I mean? We could ride around on the boats. You gotta learn some of them boats that gonna fly in the water. But they got a big fan. <laughs> the big fan. And so when you're coming down the street, the alligator gonna swerve. That's right, you're gonna swerve. <laughs> okay. So he's starting a business that's gonna be good for you. You gotta find out the possible ten toenails. I still got the ten toenails. <laughs> Oh, Barrett. <laughs> I have been Chase Foreman Reeves. Uh, I don't know who you guys are. <laughs> who are you right now? Oh, Barrett. I that think, was great. I've been Corbett Barr. <laughs> I've been Barrett. So there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 105 is where you'll find the graphic quotes links from this episode, including Moe Shamblin Champagne video. <laughs> it's so good. And that's where we really want to hear from you. What do you think? I have three questions for you that people at, at the show notes, are, are uh, the comments there are answering. Okay, number one, what stage are you in now that you've seen all six? Number two, what does it feel like where you are? Number three, what's the next step for you? Let us know in the comments. Again, you're going to find that at fizzleshow.co slash 105. I've listed out those questions for you there. Here's an iTunes review from Repustech in USA. Says, dropping knowledge like dubstep drops the beat. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much for your review, Repustech. I do kind of uh, fancy myself the Skrillex of entrepreneurship, and I'll drop that beat for you gladly. Our goal here is to help you, of course, make progress on your business every single week. I don't know why I say of course. Did you know that? Did you know that that's our goal? Like, we have one goal in Fizzle right now, and that's to help 
small businesses, indie entrepreneurs, creatives, designers, uh, people like you make progress on their business every single week because it's pretty much the hardest thing in the world to do when you're a one man or two man or one woman or two woman show, you know? So if you leave us an iTunes review, it can help other entrepreneurs find the show. Those out there putting their butts on the line to build something they care about. I would love to hear from you. So you, could you leave us an iTunes review? Just open up the iTunes store, type in Fizzle. You'll see us, the three white guys with an orange background. And uh, by the way, we need some more uh, listener-written host call-outs. So just click write a review and say, you know, if these guys were office supplies, Corbett would be, or like... If these guys were, uh, you know, good, well-designed chairs, uh, Barrett would be, or say, uh, you know, if these guys were, uh, I don't know, uh, keyboards, I don't know, I, I don't know, you're the smart one. Whatever is it, we look around your office, whatever's there, write us one of those. Oh man, that was fun to talk through the, the whole roadmap. And I really do hope that it helps give you some perspective in your own business. I hope specifically that it helps you, like, understand more of what to expect, you know, so you're not so hard on yourself. I was too hard. I've been too hard on myself for so long. And now that I see more, I'm like, oh man, I should have been gentler and enjoyed it more. Remember, you can do this. The truth is, you already are doing it. So find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. And I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. This is Amici from the BJJ Training Journal, and I'd say that one of my favorite fizzle moments is hearing about how everything started over a glass of Fernet and then meeting you guys in person and having my first shot of Fernet with you fine folks. Hi, fellas. This is Paul Parry. Uh, congratulations on reaching your 100th episode. The Film Show is the only podcast I make sure I listen to every week. And leaving an iTunes review for it, as far as I'm concerned, is the only thing worth creating an Apple ID for. Thanks for all the wisdom and making me laugh. It's a winning combination in my book. Cheers. Hello, Fizzle friends. This is Jason Love from CompulsiveCreative.com. And I'm currently working towards finishing a Learn to Animate course. I pre-sold it to a few hundred students. It was a a very scary experience, especially the, the launch process. And I appreciate you guys being there. You've helped a lot dealing with the doubt and fear during that entire process. Um, And for that, I want to thank you. My favorite joke is the last thing Chase says in episode 98. It's inappropriate and awkward in all the best ways. Love you guys, and I will see you next Fizzle Friday. Hey guys, my name is Lisa A. Snyder. I have a couple of websites, li.com, which is my web business, losingyourparents.org, which is my blog and podcast, and griefpost.com, which is just a side project. Um, I just want to say thank you for testing out all the technology prior to putting it out there. Um, I admit that I was a little skeptical about all the stuff that's out there in the world and when I heard about Fizzle I was like okay we'll see but I really 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 appreciate the community um, and the connectedness and the clarity and the really clear direction as to what it is is working and what's not working and um, I love that you guys can vouch for some of the technology pieces and have tried stuff on and um, I also want to say thanks for show number 98 which is one of the most recent ones uh, about finding your voice and not just finding your voice, but uh, if you've got multiple voices, which one to pick. 
uh, I think it's great to hear that other people have the same problem and um, definitely going to take some of the things that you mentioned into consideration. Also appreciated the quotes at the end. Thanks so much. Hey guys, this is Gilad from OutdoorsFather.com and since I'm not exactly as smart as my wife, I'll just quote her. What she said the other day is, I don't know how much we're paying for fizzle, but for how it helps you, it's worth it. I kind of tend to agree with her. Thanks.